Good evening. Hello. How are you? I am tired, but I'm, I'm all right. I'm glad you're feeling better. Girl, me too, because let me tell you, getting strep throat as an adult is way worse than as a child. I, knock on one, haven't had it in a long time. Which, me neither until this last time. <laughs> with the way I'm sure I need my tonsils and adenoids out, I am surprised I don't get it a whole lot more. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure it felt like I had deep-throated some glass. Broken glass. It was great. Yeah, I woke up and I'm like, mm, orange juice and soup. That does not. Oh, or, oh God, I think orange It did not burn. Soup. It was perfect. Oh, okay. It did not burn. I was surprised. But yeah, orange juice and I was living on ramen. Love ramen. So it was all good. Made a couple like over easy eggs and tossed it into it just because it was soft and it worked out and I got protein. It was all good. <laughs> Sounds great. But <laughs> I, but I, every once in a while, I just get this crazy thought in my head. Ramen sounds really good. And then I remember, I don't like it. <laughs> Love ramen. More, more so the ones that like come in the big bowl with the veggies and stuff in it. Yeah. And I have a tree. Yeah, when I worked at Rite Aid, and I would always work the closing shift, mm -hmm. and like my kids would have already eaten, and I'm like, I'm not going home and doing a bunch of shit, blah blah right. blah. So I would grab one of those, and it's the one that had like the little oil packet. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, is it the one in the square thing? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, they still have those, the Yokoshoba or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty good too. Yep, I used to eat those. And yep, those yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, they, they were edible, yeah. They served their purpose. They did. They did. <laughs> they, they did get me through a lot of closing shifts at when I worked at Rite Aid. So, yeah. Every so time. You're right. So we're like an hour away from Easter. Like, we're recording Ugh. really 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 later than we wanted to but yeah i was slacking i had a lot to do the past couple days well and i didn't want to push you with you not oh I, well i know we probably could have totally done this sooner but yeah then i'm just like oh i need to do this i need to do this i need to do this i want to sleep till noon yeah i um i'm on day two of a five-day weekend it's supposed to be nice. four but I got my dentist appointment Tuesday. Me and Novocaine are not friends. Fair. That's fair. So I got a vacation day to deal with that. I don't blame you. Um, now, the first time it bothered me, the second time, not as bad. So I'm hoping maybe that one time was just a fluke, but I'm not going to. Better be safe and sorry. Yeah. So. I'm thinking I've got something to do every day. Yesterday, um, I was actually in Swartz Creek. Oh, you weren't far from me. Yeah. Um, we went to um, me and Sherry. She's one of them from that Patreon group. And she's oh, a okay. group moderator. Um, we went and met for like a late lunch yesterday. Fun. Uh, then I was going to come home and grab my list and go get everything for Easter dinner. Mm -hmm. 
my lazy ass said, it'll be there tomorrow. Yep. I feel you. So I did that today. And Roy and I went out to dinner. And that was fun. Good. I, um, I actually made Easter baskets today. And when I say I made Easter baskets for the kids, I mean, I like fully apparently forgot how to use my phone, made Easter baskets. Dee, 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 dee. Rachel figured out. Oh, I sent, sent the dang picture to her. Like, I made them out of laundry baskets, pool noodles, and ribbon and stuff. Nice. So. Them are way nicer than mine. They were so fun, too. I mean, it was easy. Because. And it was cheap. I made, these are the ones I made. They're cute, though. I mean. I mean, you also had like multiple people to make baskets for yeah i didn't pay for those <laughs> and then i went to dollar tree and spent another 30 dollars getting a gift bag and putting stuff in it for them yeah i did the basket thing and then those uh color changing cups yeah um, i like those yeah so they each got one of those and i put like the little bite sized candy in there Actually, I have stuff that I got from Amazon that I haven't opened yet. And um, <laughs> one of them is like a box, but it's got a dial on it. So it's kind of like a vending machine that drops okay. an egg with like a mini squishmallow in it. Oh, that's fun. So I figure while they're over tomorrow, like if I hear them say like something specific, write down words and mm -hmm. say the words I'm like you get to, I don't know or maybe I'll just every once in a while have pick a number I don't know it'll still be fun though yeah yeah it'll be fun and because yep. originally we were supposed to have my daughter my son-in-law three grandkids her roommate and the roommate's two kids oh wow and the roommate has to work and the two kids i judy called and told me where they were going to be mm -hmm. but i didn't quite hear her and i didn't want okay. to keep saying what 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 right so she had about to be an asshole Luna was laying here being so good. And then my mom got home and she can hear her out there. Mm. I know she's over by the door. Fucking with shit. Yeah, she does. She's like, she's like a little toddler. Listen, I, so I put the bags together earlier and, you know, I wad up my bag and she sits and watches it like a crackhead and I throw it and she chases it. Don't judge me by how trashed my room is right now. I just kind of threw shit everywhere because I just, but <laughs> she just like straight just, <laughs> and that was the second time. So I had to video it the second time, of course, you know, 
Yeah, I'm like, girl, you don't know what you're doing. Like, she just like, Phew. okay. Little cricket. For real. Um, yeah, I did those baskets last Sunday because <laughs> I know me. I will wait until the last minute. And my thought also was a money saver. Because I thought if I don't have them made, I'm going to buy more shit. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know how there was that day when the guys came to fix my water? That's the day I started the baskets. Oh. Yeah, finished them today. Like from the beginning, because I started by doing nothing except for getting it all together. Yeah, and see, like, because when I do it, I'm so picky about how I do it because I want the kids to get all the same amount. Yes. So the one bag of candy I bought was like a Snickers, Milky Way, Three Musketeers. So I had piles of each candy. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that because I would do it too. And then I grabbed, because I made five baskets, I grabbed five pieces. Do, 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 do. Yep. And then grab five of the next ones, five of the next ones. Mm -hmm. And then um, because there was odds amounts of things left over and because I had three extra cups, I also made, I just put candy in those three cups and that's going to be for my daughter, son-in-law and their roommate. Oh, okay. That's, That's fun. getting up tomorrow making the big dinner i made cookies today remember me telling you about them gooey butter cookies that i make mm-hmm. a box of funfetti cake mix a, a stick of butter a block of cream cheese and an egg and then just add some more sprinkles to it and then once you let it sit for an hour in the fridge roll them into balls and then roll them in powdered sugar and they stay soft they're like cake Mm. so good so i made funfetti ones and then i made lemon cake ones um when we were shut down for covid Mm -hmm. i don't know how we didn't all gain a shit ton of weight because i was home every night judy and the kids were still there so every night there was kids you know every night i would pick a different one Mm -hmm. you know they would all get their turn and it was, we did cake mix cookies. Um, we took cinnamon rolls, cut them into quarters, and deep fried those, and then put the cinnamon on top. Those, they all, everyone loved them. So we made that one multiple times. You can get behind that. Yeah, those were very good. Highly recommend. Man, I put my grill to work while we were off on COVID. Yeah. Misha and her daughters came over multiple times a week. Had some shrimp, chicken. We cooked out. Yeah. Yeah. We, there was every night a different snack, a different kid in the kid kitchen helping me. That's fun. And yeah, it, it was fun. I kind of wish we could do that again. Just without everything being shut down. Mm-hmm. Oh my except, gosh. Except for work. <laughs> <laughs> There was a meme because, like, of course, you know, three years ago around now was when we were off because of COVID. Yeah. And one of the things I posted was, damn, can't have a drink, no movies, no restaurants, can't see friends. This is just like dating my ex. 
I'm like, oh, oh. Like my first husband. Yeah, we, um, it was, there was always something I did. I would go into Dollar Tree and spend $50, $60 on like craft stuff. And like every night it was, well, every night there was a snack and there was Mm -hmm. like maybe twice a week we'd sit down and do crafts. Yeah, that's fun though. Girl, I just gave Walmart all my money. I got new pots and pans, new silverware, new knife block. I I bought placemats. I my kitchen turned into Pioneer Woman and I loved it. Yeah. So I I don't like all the old timey patterns. I do. I love them. Pioneer Woman stuff. I love them. But a couple weeks ago we like we were in need of a new frying pan. Our frying pan gets more use than any other pan we have. Right. So I start going on there looking at reviews and that one had like the best reviews. So those it, pans were I, great. I, I just got like the plain teal. Mm-hmm. I think I had the red ones. Yeah, I, I did the plain teal and place like I really like this pan. It's very they, she has some real good pans. So I, I'm considering possibly buying the whole set and like I'm proud of you donating like the pans we have. The only pan that we have right now that I really, really like is a couple years ago, back maybe during COVID. Um I needed like another like a like a pan to boil noodles in. Yeah. Like so I got one of the the tasty. Yep, Jess just bought a whole set of those, and those are nice too. Yeah, I really like that one. So yeah, like those are real nice. I think Misha got those too because they had a set where it's all different colors. You have like yeah. purple, green, blue, yellow, like all of them. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's fun. Yeah, and I I think Judy has the red ones because she was over. I don't know, maybe it was. I don't know. She's like, I got the same pan. I'm like, I know I've seen it. <laughs> so, but yeah. So tomorrow's yeah. Easter and I'll be busy cooking. In fact, tonight when we get done recording, uh-huh. um, both of my children have requested certain desserts. Okay. Honey bun uh, cake. Yes. That was, that was Judy's request. Oh, my favorite. Um, and you know how I've done the chocolate cherry Dr. Pepper cake? Mm-hmm. Well, when the strawberries and cream came out, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a fan. It's not that good. Um, I think the only flavor of Dr. Pepper that is worse or better than is the berries and cream. I did not like that. That was gross too. So I thought, well, I'll make a cake with one of them. I mean, it was, it's chocolate. I'm going to fucking eat it. Right. But I wa- it wasn't my favorite. And I think the night I ate the most was um, at work. The guy that works to my right mm-hmm. um, offered me a gummy. Oh, good girl. And I feel like you was, know better, though. You, you would think. Especially after the mint fiasco. 
like, here I am, I'm here. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where from truck to truck, I couldn't remember if I was helping with the hood. So when third shift people came in at seven and the group leader said, would you like to leave at seven? I said, yes. yes." So um, that night I did eat a couple pieces of that cake. I, I believe that. But I had, I had reasons. Oh, of course. I, I, I had reasons. So. Ma'am, can I help you? Jesus, you already are. She's gonna bite. See? That's what she was waiting for. Just to bite me. Excuse me. Huh, you should have started the other night. She thought she was a freaking parrot. If I'm sitting here like this, you know, working. She jumps up on the back of my shoulders and just sits there. And I'm like, can I help you? And then she lays down. And then I sat like this. this big. Huh? I remember when she was just like this big. I know. And now she's an asshole. I put my hand up like on my leg and sit like this. And she just moves closer down my arm and proceeds to lay down. Um, Because, I mean, we know me. This is how it started. Your face. Proceeded to that. <laughs> Move my arm. Yeah. I'm like, really? This this is what we're doing now? You wanted a cat, Rachel. You wanted a cat. I yeah. wanted a cat, not a bird. <laughs> and oddly enough, I want a bird. I do want a bird. I So I had a bird, um, Pagoo. He was a Quaker parrot. And I loved him. He would, if you uh, said pretty, pretty Pagoo, he would go. <whistles> if you said Pagoo, want to smoke dope? He'd go, that's the good stuff. And he would sing, I'm a little teapot. Yeah, when I worked at the group home, there was like a house bird that was mm -hmm. there. And um, uh, we would try to teach it, I need an Ativan. <laughs> Fair. It, it didn't work though. Like, I think I have Adivan actually. I don't know. Got something. Mine's no, I value. Mine's expired. Like, <laughs> I like. I haven't been to my doctor since way before COVID because yeah. I, don't really, I don't really like my doctor. I'm, I'm actually on the hunt for a new one, but um, yeah. So, so before we get into any of the stories, I have mm -hmm. an update. Okay on the episode that we did about the shitty tiktokers yeah okay uh zach latham and i actually just saw this one tonight um he's the one that would kind of record him and the neighbor getting into fights and he ended mm -hmm. up stabbing the neighbor yep and it was said in that video and i think i brought it up maybe that i did that zach's wife was recording the whole incident. Mm -hmm. Well, initially, I guess he was told that it wouldn't be admissible. Okay. And they did allow it to be used. And now it's looking like self-defense that he was defending himself. Seriously? Yeah. And there was a clip that was shown from mm -hmm. the video 
where it starts with, and I mean, I understand if he almost hit the kid or ran him off the road with the bike, I totally understand the parents being pissed off. Absolutely. But they charged on their, the, the neighbors charged on Zach and his wife's property and the wife was like, get off my property, get off my property. And yeah. I don't know if I could be on that uh, jury. Yeah, I don't I either. I would not call it self-defense. I don't think I could either because of the I, previous. I mean, as, as a parent, if that would have been my child, I would have done the same fucking thing. You wouldn't have got a chance to video it. Right. So they're saying possibly now it's self-defense. So I just wanted to give that little update. Nope. Cannot I agree. <laughs> nope. I, I don't agree either. But that's why we're not called for jury duty to that trial. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to throw that out there because we did that episode and I saw that and I'm like, oh, I'll have something to say. Yeah. And I've got no updates on anything. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, that's the only one. Right. Did we, I don't remember if we did, because one of them on that list was that posh mama. I think so. I don't remember. She's the one that um, hit her boyfriend with her van. I don't think we covered that one. I, I don't think we did. I think that was one that you said you wanted to do a whole thing on. Yeah, no, actually, the one I wanted to do a whole episode was the one that you did with the two kids. Yeah, I still want you to do that one. Um, but now the man that died, his daughter has been on TikTok making videos about what happened because I think she served some prison time, but it wasn't a lot, or maybe she didn't, but she's a big TikToker okay so but the guy's daughter has been posting videos about her like the other side of things right and there's the one guy on there i don't necessarily follow him but he shows up on my fyp a lot mm -hmm. um that jolly good ginger i like him um he did a video with the you know the daughter and explain things and posh mama started emailing him about taking his video down and going into detail like how the daughter was supposedly like molested or something like that and she's like going into specific detail with a stranger on the internet right so that's been a whole thing with them too going back and forth now this is the dude that always says time to spill the tea or whatever yeah, get your tea ready yeah because he did one did you see the thing about the uh cheerleading coach here in burton mm -hmm. yep because yep. he did one of those yeah a lot of people her. did yeah and there was a couple follow-ups after she got fired from both that and her actual job mm -hmm. yeah. good yep good for her because she was a bitch Mm-hmm. And the, the worst part about that is the chick that she was the little girl she was mean to was her boyfriend's daughter. Yeah. 
like how that's dumb on him for staying with her for one you know i think i did see something that he broke up with her good smart man yeah man i went and looked at her facebook and her stuff was all public and people were just going off on her her profile picture had hundreds of thousands of comments yeah and i was just i i i find that funny and another one another one that i'll get on and read all the comments is like when there's a someone who's wanted Mm -hmm. and and they're good looking or something and they'll be like he can hide in my house there was one on there that the guy the wanted guy was actually commenting it was that's hilarious it was great i love those like i will i i don't post a whole lot on facebook but man i will deep dive some comments just for the drama yes yeah if there's an argument i'm i'm that person i'm gonna read all 645 comments yep and i will (laughs) do i want to admit this i will even look at their profiles (laughs) oh i do too yeah oh yeah absolutely every yeah, time yeah. i'll be like are you do you, are you really as dumb as you look yeah or do you look as dumb as you sound let me go look yeah oh yeah every time it's definitely good or when there's a news like a thing with the wanted person i go look for their profile be like yep. oh yeah for theirs and an hour later you're on their cousin's girlfriend's aunt's page baby mama yeah yeah, oh, yeah, it's I, I go I, into the rabbit hole. I don't like my own drama. I don't like oh, drama. I love, no, but I love other people. But other people's drama is just uh so yeah. good. Like give me the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's one hundred percent me. Or even on TikTok, if there's an argument, I'm hitting view all, view yep. all, view all till I see them all. Yep. The only thing that sucks with TikTok is sometimes they're out of order and it shit don't make sense. Yeah. I'm yeah. still gonna read them. Oh, absolutely. May not make sense to me, but it's still gonna I'm gonna get the gist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you wanna go first? Oh sure, why not? Okay. So I know right. you worked way harder than I did this time. I did, but I feel like I, like, I feel like I skimped on a couple. So like what I'm going to do is I was looking for Michigan serial killers, you know, that I may have not, you know, that aren't so well known, but then I found, you know, some that are. Um, So I did like a top eight, but we're going to split it into two episodes. I'm going to do four. And I, they're not in any specific order of like, you know, most prolific to whatever. They're just actually in alphabetical order. Don't judge me. <laughs> that sounds a little OCD, but okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> but like I said, like one of them is, I mean, this first one, he's a little bit shorter. It's just, it all depended on what kind of information I could find versus yeah. like, like, was it only articles? Were there YouTube videos? Were there documentaries? And for the life of me, I can't remember where I got most of this information because I may have, you know, gotten really tired at some point, but I'm going to keep looking. I'll send it to you to put in the show notes, you know, Um, but I got the idea off of serialkillershop.com. 
Okay. Um, I just searched Michigan serial killers and I'm like, oh, you have a lot. Okay. And I had pictures. So I'm like, okay, I'll have pictures too. So I have pictures like they're mugshots as well. Nice. To post on the Facebook page. Nice. So the first one, his name is Anthony Guy Walker. Um, in 1975, he kidnapped and raped a woman from Adrian, Michigan. He was convicted of second degree criminal sexual conduct and was in prison until January of 79. Shortly after he was paroled, he broke into the home of 24 year old Yolanda Madison, where he tied her up, tied up her and family friend, 19 year old Teresa, and proceeded to shoot them both to death. He then found out that there was an 11 month old baby named Jessica who was Yolanda's daughter. She was in the house. He left the baby alone for the moment and proceeded to rob the house of its valuables. Um, But then he set the house on fire with the baby inside. Yeah. She ended up dying of suffocation. In September of 79, he impersonated an off-duty police officer in downtown Adrian when he saw three high school students skipping school. He offered them a ride, and instead of taking them to school, he took them to his home. He tried to assault one of the girls, but for some reason he stopped, almost like something in his head clicked, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. So he put them back in the car and took them back downtown. He was found, arrested, and charged with 10 years for assault. In 93, he was released from prison, and in December of 94, he was again arrested for two counts of first-degree criminal sexual conduct and received life plus 15 years because he was a habitual offender. Around 2010, additional witnesses came forward in the case of Yolanda and Teresa and named him the killer slash arsonist. He admitted to killing the women, um, but not setting the fire. Does that make sense? Um, He was convicted and sentenced to three more life sentences. Walker's attorney said that he was more prolific than Ted Bundy and had possibly killed more than 30 people, a handful before he would even be considered an adult, and possibly some across state lines. But I really couldn't find a whole lot of information about that. Um, And I remember that information I got off of a podcast. I just have to remember what podcast it was. That's where I heard most of that one at. Um, So I'm like listening to it, taking notes, listening, taking notes. Yeah, I've done that. And it says, currently, Walker is 65 years old and being housed in Baraga Maximum Facility in Baraga, Michigan, which is up in the UP, like up by Whitefish Point, way up there. So that's all I have for him. That one was a little bit shorter. I probably could have went a little deeper into, you know, finding other victims, but that might have been one all on its own. Yeah. Because at this point, I think I have five pages just for four of them. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's a little bit longer. Um, This is Benjamin Atkins. Uh, They called him the Woodward Corridor Killer. Woodward, Woodward, Corridor Killer. I got this. That's a nice little tongue twister. Yeah, it really is. At least it wasn't all W's. I've really been screwed up. Um, So he was born in Detroit in 1968 to parents who both had substance substance abuse issues. He had a rough start. His family was poor and he was the youngest of two sons. His father abandoned them shortly after he was born, after he was born, and his mother was a sex worker. And when he was around two, his mother put him up for adoption. He bounced between her home, foster homes, and boys' homes, because, you know, those were a thing back then. Yeah. 
Um, and he was a very shy and reserved little boy. And because of that, he endured a lot of bo- a lot of bullying while he was in these homes. He also found himself to be the target of sexual assault while in these homes. When he was 10, a case manager sexually assaulted him. A case manager. And then instead of them getting him therapy or anything, they just sent him back to live with his mom. You know, the one who put him up for adoption to begin with. Yeah. Um, And as I said, his mom was a sex worker. Instead of leaving him home alone, you know, or with a babysitter, he was forced to go with her when she worked and had to sit in the back seat quietly while she serviced her customers in the front seat. Yeah. Okay. That's one if you're a shitty mother and you do that. Mm-hmm. But the dudes. Like, and he's the youngest of three. Why couldn't he be left at home with his older brothers? I mean, he was at least 10 years old at this point. Why couldn't he have been left home with his older brothers? You know? Oh. So, oh, it gets better. As he got older, she started bringing the men in home, the men home instead because it was awkward for him to sit in the back seat as he was older. Yeah. Well, at least she didn't put him to work with her. I was honestly waiting for that when I was going through the stuff. I was, oh my God, I was waiting for that and I was hoping that wasn't the case. <sighs> um, so she started bringing the men home, which they ended her him and his brothers ended up resenting her for uh, which obviously you know um neighborhood kids even teased benjamin and his brothers for their mother's choice of work at 12 years old he decided to run away and fend for himself on the streets he spent most of his time in homeless shelters and developed a drug and alcohol habit he was mostly liked you know everybody liked him while he was sober but when he was under the influence, he was very misogynistic and, demean- and demeaning to women. But, ra- but rather than anything being said to him, you know, people just tried to avoid him because he has demons, you know, just just avoid him. It's okay. That's just how he is. I mean, I'm not trying to defend him, but I get it. But I get it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At least but, up, to, up to that point. I, I mean, at the same time, you don't, if he's like that when he's messed up, Get the man some help. Mm-hmm. But back then, I mean, this is the 90s. You had substance issues. You swept, got swept under the rug. You lived on the streets. You went to shelters. It is what it is. They didn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. And as you see, they really don't give a shit. You'll see. So in October of 91, he met Darlene Saunders, a local sex worker. They, enjoy, they enjoyed the same vices. So he invites her to come party for free free of charge i got you just show up i've got the drugs i've got everything just show up he'll provide the party favors and he wants to solicit her services she isn't aware of his reputation of how he treats women when he's you know messed up um so she meets him in an abandoned building alone the higher he gets the more she looks like his mother and of course he snapped He had his hands around her throat and ripped her clothes off, and she managed to get away and run to the police. They, of course, did nothing because she's a sex worker. Mm -hmm. He went about his life for two months like nothing happened, 
but he enjoyed that freeing feeling he got so he lured another woman debbie friday into an abandoned building with the same promises a free high and a good time but he was determined to not let her get away her body was found days later in an abandoned building in highland park michigan no evidence left behind and her clothes were gone no leads or person of interest and due to the nature of her work she wasn't a priority a couple weeks later 26 year old bertha mason was found in another abandoned building in the same condition just two weeks later a building was being demolished and 36 year old patricia was found same mo as the previous women on january 25th 1992 39-year-old Vicky Love was found in an abandoned building, but this time police were like, you know what? This may be the work of a serial killer. They started comparing the women's lifestyles and the crime scenes. Benjamin was picked up for questioning, but he was, but his record is clean, so they released him. Meanwhile, bodies are still being discovered. In February of 92, 30-year-old Valerie Chalk 23-year-old Juanita Hardy and an unidentified woman were all found at the same time in Monterey Motel in Highland Park. All different rooms, but all the same cause of death. All the crime scene details were the same and the same as the women's bodies that were found in the abandoned buildings. He he switched it up. They found, you know, they found them, they found him out pretty much, you know, yeah. where he was doing stuff. So he switched it up. Um, a few weeks later, 38-year-old Brenda Mitchell goes missing, and days later, her body is found in an abandoned house with a scarf tied tightly around her neck, but with a number of drugs in her system, they declared it an overdose. Within days, two more women were found dead in Highland Park under the same circumstances. Law enforcement decided to create a task force specifically for the capture of Atkins. They put together a profile and begged for the public's help. So mind you, when they picked him up for questioning the first time, they picked him up in an abandoned building. I do remember that. But he had a clean record. He wouldn't have done that. Come on. You know? So they put together a profile and begged the public for help. The first woman that was attacked came forward and basically said, I told you all this before, but you didn't want to listen. It has to be Benjamin Atkins. This time they took her serious, and on August 21st, 1992, right before his 24th birthday, he was arrested for what he did to Darlene, the first lady that got away. He was brought to the station and questioned about his actions and about the other women who were murdered. He denied everything and said it couldn't be him because he was attracted to men, which he was. Like, he dated men, That's that was his thing. Cool, you know, but... He hated his mom so much, you know, they are convinced it's him. So they continued interrogating him. If you don't quit fucking biting me, I'm going to kill you. Sorry. She just bit my Achilles and it hurt. <laughs> Asshole. Um, they're convinced it's him. So they continue interrogating him. One investigator came in with a different approach and basically said, son, you don't have a father. I have a son your age. Son, you need to get this off your chest. And that's when Benjamin broke down and confessed to everything, including a couple women they hadn't found yet. He gave them all the details. He said once he got to a certain high, all he could see was his mom, and that's why he killed them. 
It was like his therapy to get this feeling off his chest to his mother. In the span of nine months, he killed 11 women. And after a four-month trial, he was found guilty and sentenced to 11 counts of life in prison. At the time, the FBI dubbed him America's fastest working serial killer. On September 17, 1997, just four years into his sentence, Benjamin died in prison in a prison in the prison hospital from HIV complications. He was 29 years old. Damn. He was quick about it. Little girl, I'm gonna fight you. You were sleeping a little bit ago. You can't go back to sleep. Putting her in a cage from now on. <laughs> okay, so my next one. You might have heard of this one because I've heard the name, but I couldn't remember any details. Carl Eugene Watts. He liked to, to go by the name Coral. So he was born in Texas. Um, so his parents got married in Virginia, moved to Texas a year later. He was born. His dad was in the military. So they moved back to Virginia. And then his sister was born. Not long after that, his, um, I know I've already, I think I wrote this stuff down at some point. Yep, I did. He was born in Killeen, Texas. He was a couple years old. His father left his mother. No, there's no documented reason why or anything like that. Um, but she picked up and moved the kids to Inkster, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. Um, where she became a high school art teacher and tried to do the best she could, you know, as a single mom to raise Carl and his younger sister. Um, when he was eight, he and his sister contracted meningitis. His mom took them to probably Detroit General, whatever it was at the time. The hospital treated his sister, but for some reason refused to treat him. And then his sister recovered. But when she took him to a different hospital, he got worse. And then found out that he had polio. So he he missed, I mean, he was what I say eight at this time he missed a lot of third grade he was great in school before that but then it's like all that whole year off and he just he complained about not being able to remember things and it just you know went went bad for him at that point um once he recovered his mother remarried a man who had six kids of his own and then they went on to have two more which brought the total to two adults and 10 children in the house oh no part of that no no mm. Um, then they said that he started to get lost in the shuffle of all those kids, which yeah. I can totally understand. Yeah. I mean, that's just, oh, no, thank you. Um, he became an introvert and kept his emotions bottled up. So his, he also went by Coral Eugene Watts. Which I'm sorry. That just reminds me of like all those walking dead me. Yep. I know me too. But it's because he had family in Virginia and they would go down to visit and stuff. And, you know, that hillbilly twang, Carl became Coral. And he just liked how it sounded. And he told his mom, I want to be called Coral now. So, hence, Coral it was. Okay. So, like, when I was listening to the podcast, or no, the I was watching a YouTube video for this one. I I went, like, took made my notes through the thing. So, I'm, like, skipping ahead and then I'm going to go back. It's, yeah, it's the whole thing. confuse us all. Yeah, and, and myself included. So 
as a teenager, he started getting like real sick thoughts about pertaining to women and everything. Yes, I talk with my hands, leave me alone. She's like ready to pounce. Drive me nuts. Sorry. <laughs> um, so he had a paper route when he was 15. You know, just to make a little extra money because he didn't do good in school, but he played sports and stuff and he did his paper route. Um, but on June 25th, 1969, he attacked one of his customers, 60-year-old Joan Gase. He knocked on her door, and when she answered, he hauled off and punched her in the face. Then he continued to hit her several more times before running off. It's, it ended as fast as it started. He continued delivering papers like nothing happened before he went home. Four days later, the police showed up at his door and arrested him. When they asked why he did it, he said, I just felt like beating somebody up. So, of course, you know, he's going to go after a 60-year-old woman that can't defend herself against him. You know. Hmm. Um, he was admitted to the Lafayette Mental Clinic in Detroit and was evaluated. He told a psychiatrist that he had dreams of beating up women and even killing them. He said he always felt better after having one of those dreams. And after weeks of evaluation, the doctor said he was an impulsive individual who had a passive-aggressive view on life. He also said he was a paranoid young man with homicidal impulses. Also said there was a high potential for violent acting out, and he's considered dangerous. Then recommended outpatient treatment and released him. Because, you know, he's not super dangerous. He has potential to be dangerous. But not super dangerous. You know, so from where was I at the top? Okay, so from where to go? 1969 to 1974. I lost it. He went to um, he went back to the center for outpatient treatment less than ten times from 1969 to 1974. Less than ten times. Yeah. That was helpful. I feel like that really should have been a what's the word? Um, mandated, you know, because he went to court. That yeah. should have been mandated, you know, that he does this or he goes to jail, goes to juvie, whatever. But you know, I wasn't alive back then. So what do I know? Yeah. On October 25th, 1974, Carl knocked on the door of Western Michigan University student Lenore Nazaki. When she answered the door with the chain on it, she was smart, she left the chain on it. He asked if Charles was home. Lenore told him he had the wrong house and he left. Ten minutes later, he came back and asked again. This time, Lenore said she would take a message for Charles and unhooked the chain and turned around to get a piece of paper. That's when Carl lunged at her, knocking her to the floor put his knee in her chest and began strangling her he left her there not dead just strangled she her vision fading watched him walk away as it was starting to turn black a few days later other tenants complained of carl loitering and knocking on random doors asking for charles on october 30th 1974 five days later carl was seen walking up up the stairs to 19-year-old student Gloria Steele's apartment. The witnesses saw Carl knock on her door, 
and she asked through the door what he wanted. He asked for Charles. She asked, why are you here? He replied with, I don't know, and walked away. I don't trust her back there. Later that day, at about 1.40 p.m., Gloria's body was discovered in her apartment with 33 stab wounds in her chest. Holy shit. 33 stab wounds. Um, people believed had believed that the weapon was a screwdriver, but it was actually a wood carving tool like a chisel. The tip of the tool was broken off and lodged into her spine. And she also had a crushed windpipe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few weeks later, on November 12th, 23-year-old Diane Williams was working as an apartment manager in the complex that she lived in. She saw a man wandering around asking for Charles. Finally, he ended up at her door, and she suggested he leave a message. She gave him paper and a pen, which he snatched from her before forcing himself into her apartment. There he began to strangle her while she tried to fight him off. Luckily, her phone started ringing, and she knocked the receiver off and just started screaming for help. It was her husband's secretary who was calling, and she could hear her screams, which is what scared Carl off, and he ran. Diane saw what he was driving and called the police with a vehicle description. They were, re- they were able to create a lineup of men who drove that make, model, and color vehicle. Diane and Lorraine were able to pick Carl out of a lineup, and he was arrested and charged with the assaults. He admitting to being in the area when Gloria was murdered, but denied killing her. He received a one-year jail sentence for his crimes. After that, he had moved back home with his mom and stepdad. Um, he had met a girl, married her, or I don't remember if he married her, if they just had a child together, he had a daughter, but he was a shit dad. He, he wouldn't even claim that the child was his, didn't do nothing for her. And then they found out six months after his daughter was born, he married another woman. But, like, she had said that after, any time after they had sex or whatever, he would leave for hours and then come back. Well, around that time, women were calling the police because they would wake up to a man being in their bedroom, touching them inappropriately. But it was too dark for them to identify who it was. But she realized, you know, it wasn't even a year into the marriage. She's like, I'm done and left. They got a divorce. After that, he went on a two-year killing spree. I don't have all of them, you know, that I, but um, October 8th, 1979, 22-year-old Peggy Puckmorrow was found strangled to death in front of her boyfriend's neighbor's house. He was the killer. Um, October 31st, same year, 44-year-old Jean Klein was stabbed 13 times and left outside her house. Okay, that date, October 31st. People walked past her all night long thinking she was a Halloween decoration. That's when I remembered his name because I remember that story. Yeah. Like I remember hearing it in a podcast or something. Um, December 1st, 36-year-old Helen Dutcher, um, she was struggling with Watts before being stabbed and slashed 12 times in the middle of the road. 
a witness saw and was able to help with the timeline and description of Carl. It is believed that between 1974 and 1982, he abducted, tortured, and murdered dozens of women. He died in 2007 of prostate cancer while serving two consecutive life sentences for the murders of Helen Dutcher and Gloria Steele, suspected of killing more than 80 women. He was also known as the Sunday Morning Slasher. Very well could be Michigan's most prolific serial killer. And this is where I missed, remember how I bounced around? This is where it started off. This is when they started to catch him. This was in Houston, Texas. So there was all that. But in Houston, Texas, in on May 23rd, 1982, 19-year-old Lori Lister was walking from her car to her apartment, and a man jumped out of the bushes and wrapped his hands around her throat. He asked where she lived and if anyone else was there. She pointed to the second floor and nodded to him that no, thinking she would be able to save her roommate who was inside. He then proceeded to strangle her until she lost consciousness, took her keys, and tucked her body underneath the steps of the apartment. He Watts went up to her apartment, let himself in, only to find 18-year-old Melinda Aguilar getting ready to go to church. He attacked her and told her that if she screamed, he would kill her. He put her in a closet and began to strangle her. She faked losing consciousness. He tied up her ankles with a belt and her wrists with a wire coat hanger. He then proceeded to go bring Lori into the apartment, fill up the bathtub, and drag her to the bathroom. The whole time, clapping with joy and laughing about what he's getting to do. So she's watching him sit there and giggle and clap like a child because of what he gets to do to her, her, to her roommate. While Watts was preoccupied with Lori, Melinda made it to the sliding glass door to escape. Even though it was the second floor, she was determined to get away and she jumped. She said in a later interview that if she was going to die, she would rather kill herself than let him do it. Fair. I commend her for that. Yeah. After jumping, she was able to get up thanks to her adrenaline and run to the neighbor who was outside having coffee on her patio. The neighbor dialed 911 and two Houston police officers showed up. At that time, Watts was in the process of drowning Lori. He went into the other room to check on Melinda, only to realize she was gone. He looked uh -huh. outside and saw the two police officers, and he bolted right past them to get away. The younger oh, officer gosh. gave chase. I know, he had some balls, right? I was going to say, that is ballsy. As hell. The younger officer gave chase, and the older How officer... How did he run with those nuts? I know, right? Flapping in the wind. <laughs> Um, so the older officer, he went to his squad car to call for backup and whatnot. A downstairs neighbor ran upstairs to, you know, check on Lori, pulled her out of the water and started CPR. Thankfully, shortly after that, Lori started coughing up water. Okay, good. Watts tried to run to his car, but he ended up in running into a dead end and that's how he was caught. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So he... That's when he ended up dying in prison. So that one was fun. Um, there's actually been like reenactment documentaries with, because I was watching a couple on uh, YouTube. So maybe I do remember where I got my notes from. Imagine that. So my last one is Don Jean Miller. That sounds familiar. 
see in this one I did not recognize I even after doing all of it I still don't remember ever hearing about this one this was in Lansing so right yes Lansing Eaton County okay so Miller was born in December of 54 he was the oldest of three he was raised in church as a god-fearing Christian you know, raised to be a pillar of society, the pillar of society, you know. Um, after graduating high school in 73, he began studying at Michigan State University and took criminal justice classes. He was a bit of a loner. I mean, his sister appeared to be his closest friend. Like, back, you know, in the 70s, it was, you know, jeans, t-shirts, whatever. No, he always wore a suit jacket and a tie to school. Always carried his trombone with him because he was in the band. Like, he was just not your normal, you know. Yeah, like socially awkward. Yes, very much socially awkward. Yes. Um, He was, like I said, he was an an introvert. He he didn't really have a whole lot of friends. Um, But in the winter of 76, he was engaged to a fellow student and churchgoer named Martha Sue martha sue young um she was outgoing whereas he was a homebody and during the holidays martha decided to end the engagement um he didn't take that rejection well and he begged her to take him back um on new year's eve 1976 he persuades her to let him go with her to a babysitting job that she has that night so he went um, after they were done babysitting, he took her back to his house to watch a movie and have pizza, which he lived with his parents. They just, you know, um, after their, afterwards, he said that he was going to take her home. And after they left, that was the last time she was seen alive. Martha's mother told police that Don was a very controlling person, which is part of why Martha didn't want to be engaged to him anymore. Miller said that he had dropped her off at home and he went back home. He showed no concern of her whereabouts. Almost 10 months later, in the woods, hunters found the clothing that Martha was wearing the night that she went missing. So her clothing was laid out exactly how she would wear it. Like, there was no body, but, like, her bra was inside her sweater, which was inside her jacket, just laid out. Panties were inside her pants, laid out, and then her shoes were sitting there with her purse there. Like, her body was just gone. Yeah. Yeah super weird but yeah that's how that's how her like they showed it and i'm like oh that looks like mm -mm, i don't like that i don't like that at all so that's where that starts so mind you that was in 76 eaton county august 16th 1978 miller broke into a home and assaulted 14 year old lisa gilbert in her parents bed After raping her, he took the belt from her shorts and tried to strangle her with it. The belt was worn and it broke, thankfully. At that time, so her brother, 13-year-old brother, was outside because it was the middle of summer, parents are at work. He said he was, you know, outside by the pond. He said something just told him to go inside. Um, He came inside and... Don walked out of the room and he's like, hey, you know, they had just had some contractors there. So he didn't think nothing of, you know, this person being here. Right. So they talk and as he passes him, Don gets behind him and puts a knife to his throat. This 13-year-old child. 
I've heard this. I know I have. And I don't remember it. He put the knife to his throat and asked him to take him to his bedroom. The boy's name is Randy. Once they got to his room, Miller put him on the floor and sat on his back. Randy tried to get away and Miller started to cut his throat. Randy was able to grab the knife and throw it across the room. And at this point, Miller started to strangle him until he passed out. What was his name again? Uh, the, the killer? Yeah. Uh, Don Jean Miller. Go ahead. Um, okay. <laughs> Miller then stabbed him in the chest twice, collapsed his lung, and scratched his heart. And during this, Lisa had regained consciousness and went to hide in her parents' bathroom under the cupboard. But then she's like, okay, I can get my, you know, my ties loose. And she ran outside for help. Butt naked, still semi-tied up. She got the gag out of her mouth. And she was able to open the door with her hands tied behind her back. She ran out to the road to get help. A car slowed down. But when he saw her, went around her and kept going. She's like, oh, hell no. We ain't doing this again. Next car that came close, she jumped in the middle of the road. Like, you're going to stop. This person got out. And she's like, please, you got to help my brother. He's trying to kill my brother. And the dude, you know, got out to help, wrote down the license plate number of, you know, they caught the license plate number, everything. Um, The man who stopped, like I said, memorized it. So when he was arrested, he was questioned about three other women. 27-year-old Marita Chiquette, who went missing in June 15th, 19, June 15th, 1978. She was taking the trash out and was talking to her neighbor. That was the last time she was seen. Her vehicle was found the next day on the MSU campus by her boss, who thought she just came to work early. Couldn't find her anywhere. Two weeks later, her body was found by a farmer about 10 miles from the MSU campus. So June 15th, 1978 was when that was. Okay. The day that her body was found was June 27th, 1978. So two weeks later, 21-year-old Wendy Bush went missing the day that her body was found. The next day, Wendy was supposed to show up for work at a, ca- at a cafe on campus. And when she didn't show up, they were concerned. They checked her dorm. Nothing was missing. So she was reported missing. She was last seen with a tall white man on campus. And then third, on August 14th, 1978... 30-year-old Christine Stewart went missing. She was a teacher at Lansing Everett High School, and it was unlike her to just, you know, up and go missing. She had, you know, a good life. Her and her husband didn't have issues, nothing of that. But a witness saw the abduction firsthand. Was it a tall white man? (laughs) He wasn't really tall, though. Um, She saw Miller. No one's tall compared to you. Valid point. Valid point. Um, but she saw Miller force Christine into the car and then saw the man stab down into the car three times with blood on the knife. Um, so they said that in exchange for revealing the location of his victims, he was convicted of a lesser charge of manslaughter. And in 1978, he was sentenced to 30 to 50 years, plus an additional 15 being added in 1979. So that's all the ones I have for this week. But I have Don Jean Miller's um, Otis information from the 
Yeah, so when I just looked him up, I, I did see it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, his current charges that are active are prisoner possessing weapons. So he was caught with a shank or something, I'm assuming. Um, that was in 94. Uh, assault with intent to commit murder in 78. So that was when he tried to kill the two kids because he got two charges of that, which was 30 to 50 years. His earliest release date is 2031. And he going to be old man. Yeah, because he's only 5'8", so he's not that tall. Well, to me, that's tall. But... <laughs> well, it's because you're tiny. But he is 68 years old right now. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I do know where I've heard it. And okay. you, pro- you probably did too because you listened to the pot. Well, you did when there was yeah. the two posts. Yeah. Magnificent. What the fuck? Yes. I, I, that's because that's where I think I had heard about the um the first guy when or when the girl was dressed like they thought that she was a, um, a Halloween decoration. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one I heard that one on. Yeah. Because she covered, you know, a lot of Michigan murders and stuff like that, too. So that's yeah. probably, I probably did hear about him. I just, it's for been some a while. reason, it didn't stick with me. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and I know another reason why the name sounds very familiar to me. Okay. Um, my mom mm-hmm. had a cousin named Don Miller. Oh, that not, would be- the, not the same, I promise. That would be real interesting. Yeah, because um, my mom's cousin is not in prison. He's in the cemetery. Fair. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. He's not really, you know, committing crimes that way. Actually, no, I'm a a liar. He had the same last name as my mom's maiden name, but his daughter. Okay, never mind. You know what? It's late. You know what? I get to confuse people. Now you get to. Yeah, so just yeah it's okay it is late hey it's officially easter though yeah happy easter Easter, Easter. (laughs) fuck me out fuck me out yeah and i i mean yours was long enough we probably just if that's up to you that's it's fine with me because i really didn't do notes but i also didn't really want to read directly from a website yeah that's i was trying my best not to that's why i made notes i'm like i'm just gonna watch this video pause type start pause type yeah yeah but i did find an an interesting um haunted location that you know next week we can absolutely do that next week and i'll have four more killers from michigan next week all right and actually and mine is actually not a michigan-based location okay i'm expanding yeah i didn't feel like expanding this week don't blame you um i did just because i mean i've already done several michigan haunted locations right so um i gotta expand a little bit and get a few more in um yeah so i guess we'll figure out a day we can do this so i'm good with that all right sounds like a plan so on that note um, it's bedtime <laughs> this will be coming out you know in a little while in like 12 hours i, I will get it Give uploaded 
yeah, give or take, give or take. Um, but it, it will definitely be tomorrow. Um, so happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. You go night night. Oh, I'm going to go night night. I have to. Night so hard. I <laughs> promised but uh, this year both my kids asked for, well, I already said that, that I love the desserts. Oh, yes. Yeah, we got So I got, got cakes to make. I've got cookies made and white claws ready for tomorrow. I'm good. And we're um, having a Nerf war, so. Oh, that sounds like fun. It is. Um, yeah, I got to hide eggs. We're doing that tomorrow, too. Um, but I, I actually thought I had more eggs than I did, and I'm doing the color-coded. You pick a color, that's the color yep. that you find. Um, if you find another color, color, leave it there. Yep. Um, and, um, two of the kids aren't coming, so their eggs are just going to go in their baskets. That makes and, sense. Yeah, so. Make it easier. They can hunt it out of a basket. Yeah. But they they got the basket, so that's, that's the important thing. They're going to love it either way. So hopefully everyone has a good, happy Easter. And yep. safe and don't fight with family. Don't eat too many deviled eggs. Oh, God, please don't. I'm not making deviled eggs this year. My mom made four trays of them. Well, okay, see, Roy don't eat them, so well, I'd, I would be fine. Roy, on the other hand. Won't make it through the night. No, there'd be probably some hot Richards, some Dutch ovens. Oh, absolutely. You can't not. Um, and I don't want to do that to him. So. But do you not want to do that to him? I mean, to be fair, I do. But exactly. I also don't really want to be that person. But I do. But I'm not. I, look, the eggs I have are for cakes. It's still early. You might change your mind. I might. Um, now, I know my daughter <laughs> loves or bed. You know, my, my daughter loves them. So, but that would be her husband's problem, not mine. Valid. Absolutely valid. So, yeah, I got uh, cakes to get done. I'm either making them tonight or I'm just going to get up early tomorrow, get them done. We'll see how that goes. I don't know yet. <laughs> eh. um, but, yeah, that's, that's it. So, everyone have a happy Easter. Happy Easter. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Just kidding.